Hey folks, welcome to the Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. I'm your host, Sergeant Barrett. Our goal with this podcast is for Team Fairchild to get to know each other, our support programs, and to increase our sense of community and development. Every episode, we will be interviewing teammates from around the base and learning about them and their keys to success. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. And today we are sitting down with Chief Jason Hodges, who is the 92nd Air Refueling Wing Command Chief. Chief, how's it going? Hey, it's going great, man. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, first, I want to say thanks a lot for taking the time out of your day to sit down and do this. Um, I know we've been trying to get this done for a while, and uh, we finally got to get on your schedule. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners are, are, have been wanting to hear this one because you talk a lot on base, and you have a lot of interesting stories and insights and, and um, just a lot of experience over 26 years, I believe. Yeah. So right. um, I'm, I'm definitely excited about digging into this one. <laughs> so uh, how we start these off, Chief, is uh, tell me your story. How would you get from where you are to here? Um, again, go, go as far back as you'd like or, or start start wherever. You know, I guess I'll go back to uh, to, to growing up. I'm from uh, Vidalia, Louisiana. Grew up in a uh, small uh, small town. I'd say... Um, you know, my, my dad, he really, uh, he raised us on, you know, based off of, uh, you know, basic values of uh, hard work, loyalty, really uh, always always doing your best no matter what you're doing. You know, and um, I started working at a very young age. You know, he was someone that believed that, uh, you know, uh, we, we needed to always be contributing, always be adding value to the community, always be doing what we could to uh, the family out and to help uh, anybody we could out. And, um, you know, so I was really, uh, really raised deep rooted with those values, uh, instilled in me. So, uh, after I graduated high school, I worked for, uh, one year, I worked off, off, uh, doing a construction job. Then my dad started talking to me about, uh, joining the Air Force. His dad was a, was a prior airman. He was a crew chief back when it was the, uh, Army Air Corps. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, you know, my dad always talked a lot about stories that his dad shared with him, you know, so I think, uh, you know, with that, he, uh, he really inspired me to, um, become an airman. You know, so I joined the Air, Air Force back in uh, 1994. I'd say I started off, uh, you know, I had had all these great values instilled in me, but I, I kind of got mixed up uh, hanging out with this this group of people that uh, was more focused on playing softball and drinking beers. You know, so I kind of got got off to a to a little bit of a rough start. You know, and then I had a uh, you know an outstanding uh, you know chief come into the squadron. Uh, you know, Chief uh, Carl Hunsinger come in and. Um, you know, he saw he saw the good qualities in me. You know, he saw uh, he saw that I had a strong work ethic, and he also saw the bad qualities I had in me as well. And he was very uh, you know very good about you know seeing those good qualities and reinforcing those good qualities. He would uh, talk to me about the great things that he saw in me, the abilities that he saw in me, and he would uh, he had a unique way of setting me up for opportunities and then re encouraging me, letting me know that I had what what it took in me to be able to accomplish these tasks. You know, and that's one thing that. Um, you know, really, when I look at my career, I think that really set me up. You know, Chief Hunsinger, he um, he saw those good things in me, and he took the time to sit down and talk to me and tell me. He said, Jason, he said, you have everything in you to be a Chief Master Sergeant. It's really up to you. It's up to what you decide. And that's always stuck with me. As, as I was going through my career, I would think about, the, you know, the, those moments. I think about those times with him and the, um, you know, the time that he, he gave me and the time that he um, – you know, took to uh, give me those positive reinforcements really impacted me and made a big difference in my career and, and, and how I went about approaching my career. 
So the Air Force was always it then. You never thought about joining another service? Yeah. So uh, initially, uh, one of my buddies, uh, you know, Chip Bowyer, and uh, and uh, he was getting ready to join the Marine Corps, and I actually thought about joining the Marine Corps with him. Okay. And that's when my dad uh, intervened and uh, and decided, uh, you know, he started really talking to me and telling me the great things about the Air Force. So it kind of pushed me in that direction. Yeah. You know, to, to join the Air Force. And I, I just asked that question because uh, a lot of people I've interviewed so far talked about how they wanted they were going to join a different service first, and then you know. Someone talked to me into the Air Force, but they ended up liking it a lot, so I was just curious about that. So, Okay. Um, so the next question I, I always like to ask is, if you could give your 19-year-old self some advice, one piece of advice, what would what the biggest piece of advice you think you'd be able to give uh, you know, uh, Chief Hodges when he was 19 years old, Airman Hodges, or when he, when he, when he first came in, rather? Yeah, you, you know, the first thing that pops into my head is uh, from uh, our current SEAC, you know, he says, uh, you know, he talks about not hanging out with the turkeys. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's exactly the advice I give myself, you know, is don't hang out with the turkeys. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, fo- focus on discipline. You know, and I wish I would have had the discipline to uh, to do what I really needed to do at a young age. Because when I look back at, uh, you know, at my, my young adult life, I see, I see where I wasted a lot of time. I see, uh, you know, I see to where I could have advanced and um, I could have been more invested in family. And I could have been much more invested in uh, in taking care of myself and taking care of my career. So I, I think that'd be the advice I give myself. You know, make your circle be the type of people that you want to be. Don't just hang out with the party crowd because you're trying to be cool and trying to fit in. I think that'd be uh, that'd absolutely be the advice that I give myself. Uh, next question is how do you, how do you define success? So everyone has a different definition of it, and I've heard quite a few over over the last couple of months of doing these interviews. Um, so I definitely like to know what what to you defines a successful person. You, you know, for me, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about the successful per- person is uh, is a person that adds value to other people. I think uh, you know, I think about my last job when I was uh, the headquarters pack F first sergeant, and I think about uh, Chief uh, Master Sergeant Tony Johnson, the uh, pack F uh, you know c- uh, command chief. You know, when I, I used to watch him and watch how he operated. Every single day and everything he did, he was so intentionally focused on adding value to other people. He was so deliberately focused on setting people up for opportunities. When I look at uh, what makes me feel good in a day, it's the, those positive impacts that, that I'm able to make on somebody. I think it's when you're um, able to take a troop that's going through uh, a tough time and you're able to uh, help, help them through that, that tough time. I think those are the most rewarding, uh, the most rewarding days that you have in the Air Force. I, you know, I, I see people, and I talk about it all the time. You know, finding the good in people, focusing in on the good, finding those little positives, even even in somebody who's uh, going through a tough time and maybe not the best airman. You know, find those few good things inside of them and give them those positive reinforcements. You know, those positive affirmations, because it is amazing how much you can see somebody turn around. Mm-hmm. Those little positive affirmations will. Uh, you know, it'll it'll give somebody the pride. It'll give somebody the motivation to get to uh, to to go the extra mile to do the hard things. And um, so often, I've been able to uh, you know take an airman that was struggling, and just by giving them those little positive reinforcements, uh, end up seeing them be airman of the quarter. You know, um, airman of the year. You know, move on to do outstanding things. And and to me, that is success. Mm-hmm. When I see those things, and you know, those are the reasons that I still serve today because I think it's. Uh, it's 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 just special. There's no other way to put it. It is a special feeling when you uh, see somebody that you've been kind of uh, encouraging and supporting along the way, and you see them do something great. It's an unbelievable feeling, and to me, that's what success really is. 
in, in saying that, and then I've heard you mention discipline as well. And in yeah. our talks, you, discipline is, it seems to be a big key factor for you as well. So do you think that those two things are what made you successful or is there, is there other things that you do that have also made you successful in your career or just in life? Yeah. You know, when, when I'm, when I'm thinking about my own personal success, I, I really credit it back to, um, to my, to my parents and the way that I was brought up hard work, you know, that was the foundation of it. Uh, you know, we were raised, uh, discipline. Absolutely. Um, you know, loyalty, loyalty to people around you. You know, I think about, uh, my dad and the fact that he's been working, um, at the same company now, as long as I can remember since I was a young child, you know, which he, company is that? He works for uh, Reagan equipment and he's, uh, you know, he started out at the, at the bottom mm-hmm. and he's, you know, and he's, uh, always been loyal, always been committed, always been hardworking, always supported, uh, his bosses, you know, always supported his teammates and, and now he's in charge of the company. And, you know, I look at that and that tells me a lot, you know, he's not a man of a whole lot of words, but his example, uh, really always, uh, you know, set that tone. You know, we've always watched him be very hardworking and, uh, you know, very humble and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just really committed to doing his best. And, and things that he always talked to us about was about, uh, you know, always doing your best. If you're going to do something, son, you always give it your very best. That I, I, you know, I bring that into the Air Force, you know, and I, and I do, I talk about discipline a lot because I think, uh, you know, I think often in the Air Force, people are talked to about awards and people are talked to about getting a college degree and all these different paths that all these things that they have to do to get promoted. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, my personal opinion is discipline is the foundation that really gets you where you want to be. The dis- discipline to get up early and work out, the discipline to get up and uh, study, you know, the discipline to do your personal development, the discipline to take care of yourself, you know, the discipline to study the things that you need to do to be the very best you can possibly be at your job. I think discipline is the foundation of all those things. None of us wake up every day wanting to go to work every morning. None of us wake up every day wanting to uh, work out every morning. None of us wake up wanting to study every day. You have the ability inside you to make yourself do those things, whether or not you really feel like it or not. And I, I contribute any success that I've had uh, down to, honestly, down to discipline. You know, the discipline to make those hard choices. You know, I think back to when I was at Herbert Field and I was uh, preparing myself to make chief. And I was finally stationed after all this time in the Air Force. After over 20 years in the Air Force, I wanted to be stationed at Herbert Field. Mm. And I finally got stationed there. And I lived on a house right on the water, you know. So it was a, it was a beautiful setup. And it would have been so easy for me to waste time, just um, not necessarily waste time, but to spend all of my time fishing and just hanging out on the beach, having fun, you mm-hmm. know, sipping on margaritas, you know, doing, doing all the things that I like to do when I go to Florida. Yeah. And, um, but instead I, you know, I had that goal in my mind, uh, you know, I, I knew that, that I had a goal of being a chief master sergeant. I had chief Hunsinger sitting on my shoulder telling me as a young airman that I had what it took to be a chief master sergeant. And I was determined that that's what I was going to do. And so instead of uh, going to the beach every, every, every afternoon after work, I would uh, crack open the book and I would study. You know, I would wake up early in the morning. I would, uh, you know, get my get my fitness in. Then I would hit work and I'd work hard and be focused on what I had to do there. And then once I got off work, I would uh, hit the books and get some studying in. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I got some fishing in, too, and, uh, and got some sun <laughs> some, on my face. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did that, too, brother. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, the, the foundation, the, the, the daily consistent uh, working out, the daily consistent studying, the daily consistent being a good follower to, to, to my bosses, you know, the consistent uh, supporting my teammates and taking care of them, 
you know, just showing up to work with that optimistic, positive attitude, being somebody that my teammates felt like they could depend on. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, those are the are the things. Those are the, the basic disciplines that I believe got me to, to where I'm at right now. So one thing I want to ask, and I'm kind of going off, off track here, you mentioned getting up early a lot. Yeah. And I, I've heard a rumor you get up about 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I typically do, yes. Day. Yeah. I myself try to get up around five. I don't know how you get up at four, but and I started doing that a while back when I was at a dental appointment with one of my kids, and there was like a business insider magazine sitting on the thing. I started reading it, and and there was this article that someone had written about how most of the successful business people in the world all get up before the sun's up, get up at five o'clock in the morning or earlier, and they they kind of take care of themselves first. Yeah. So do you do you think that even just the discipline to do that maybe helps you carry throughout the rest of your day? To stay disciplined because you've started it that way, or is it just something that you've always done? And on those mornings when you when you just don't feel like getting up, what do you tell yourself to actually get out of bed? And I ask this because I think over the last years of me struggling trying to get up at five, on the days that I can do it, I did, my whole day just feels much better, and I feel like it's kind of just a way to start it off. So I think yeah. that's kind of important key factor there. And you mentioned a lot: you get up early, yeah. and you don't waste the day. So what what do you tell yourself on those mornings? You know, my kind of kind of a corny guy, maybe. So, uh, so I have this song uh, that plays for my alarm clock in the morning that tells me uh, this is how legends are made. Okay. And uh, you know, so I kind of wake up with this uh, with this mantra in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of gets me fired up when I get up in the morning. You know, but really, uh, you know, when I think about it, um, you know, I think about last week. You know, I'm uh, I worked till roughly eight o'clock that night. Is one of those long days where we had some stuff going on in the mm-hmm. evening time. And then I got home and I still had homework to do for my college class I'm taking right now. And, uh, you know, so I got to bed pretty late. So I was really, really tired. And, um, you know, alarm goes off uh, early in the morning. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to lay there, you know. And uh, then I got my my best friend, my beautiful wife, Brittany, that's uh, laying there with me that gets up and works out with me every single morning. And she, uh, you know, kisses my face and springs up out of bed. And she's like, hey, let's, let's go. And so she said, Fairchild 120, we got got to get it in. Okay. And uh, so she uh, absolutely motivates me, man, and keeps me on track. I'm sure there's mornings when you got to probably get her out of bed, too, though. So it's it absolutely like a, a good... is. Yeah, there, there, there's probably more of those mornings. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's awesome. So you have so you have a backup there to kind of help yeah. get you in this song. That's right. And an accountability partner. That's uh-huh. a great thing to that's have. Awesome. I know. I was just something I was just curious about because I am. Um, I, I like to get up early. Even on the weekends, I'm up at like five thirty, six in the morning, and yeah. I just—it's just—I don't know. I, I feel like I, I'm more productive throughout the day. I feel the same way. Absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, it is. It's, it's like what you said a minute ago. I think it's that—it's that starting off the day on that positive right track. You mm-hmm. know, starting off the day with some just foundational wins. And you know, me and Brittany, we even talk about that sometimes. How how good it feels when we get up and get our workout in because then we can just relax and watch mm-hmm. a movie together during the day. You know, we can do any anything we want to do and feel good about it because mm-hmm. we've got the day started off the right way. We've got that workout in, uh, you know, already first thing that morning, and typically we'll follow it up with a good breakfast. Uh, you know, especially on the weekends. And this this is kind of a very broad question, but I'm just going to ask it. Um, what what do you think the greatest lesson you've learned over over 26 years is? You know, the the thing that stands out to me the most, honestly, it's, uh, you know, I, I think about optimism. I think about um, the power and being able to focus on the good. I think, you know, going through, uh, you know, my days in the Air Force and when I'm dealing with people, the one thing that always stands out to me is a lot of times you'll, you'll work for people that are, um, you know, kind of the angry boss that's always just barking at people and never really taking time to connect with people. 
I think uh, the most valuable lesson that I've learned is uh, how important it is to, to pause, how important it is to take the time to truly get to know people, you know, to truly, um, you know, make people feel that you actually care about them, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, and again, to, to find the good in people, you know, because everybody has got some good in them, no matter who they are, you know, no matter whether they're a boy or a girl, no matter what race or religion they are. Every single person has got some good in them, mm-hmm. and I and I think uh, when you find that good in them, and you uh, you say that to them, you you give them those positive affirmations. It builds a powerful relationship, and it actually makes them uh, want to do good work for you. You know, you bark at somebody and tell them, uh, you know, kind of demand what they do all the time, and they're going to do the bare minimum to stay out of trouble. Once people are um, you know, uh, invested and they know that you care about them, that it shifts. It, it shifts to them wanting to make you proud. Mm-hmm. It shifts to them wanting to uh, not let you down. It shifts to them being willing to stay just because they want to help you get, get your work done so you can leave on time as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, that's absolutely the, the most powerful lesson I've learned is the, the, the power of just taking the time. You know, the work's going to be there. Take the time to build the relationships, and then you'll have a supportive team to, to really move out together and get the work done. Okay. I know I, myself, I have a, I have to remind myself to be positive a lot, I tend to focus on negativity. So that's that's really good. Thank you. You know, the thing, thing I do for that, especially when I come back from Iraq, I noticed it was easy for my mind to go into a dark place. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I saved a ton of quotes, um, all focused on, on positive mindsets. Uh you know, I saved my favorite quote, which is uh, focus on the good. And, um, you know, I saved some some positive affirmations that uh, would that I feel like resets my mind. And I look at these things often, you know, and I listen to things often that are based off of positivity. Most of what I'm listening to in the mornings when I'm working out and doing things is, uh, you know, leadership based and usually something that's kind of optimistic, something mm-hmm. that's focused on keeping your mind uh focused on like gratitude and things and things that, that you should be thankful for. You know, I, I think, uh, I think it's a powerful thing. And, it, and for me, at least it helps uh, keep my mindset focused in a positive direction. When you work out, you don't really listen to music. Then you listen to some sort of professional development is what I'm getting out of that. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So this morning I listened to the discipline equals freedom field manual. I was okay. about listening to that this morning. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a book by Jocko Willink, who I recommend looking up, uh, and reading, he has a lot of leadership books out there, but that that's definitely a good one as well. Um, what resources do you use then for your own professional development? It sounds like you get that in while while you're working out, which is interesting. I haven't heard anyone do that one in a lot of times. It's music or nothing, but that that's an interesting one. Uh, so, what do you normally listen to, or where where do you go to get your own professional development? You know, I, I think uh, professional development is all always all around us. I I think I gain a tremendous amount of professional development from talking to people like like yourself. I think if you're paying attention that you can learn from everybody that you talk to. And, um, you know, I I constantly do that and I constantly take notes out of conversations. But when I'm really targeted and I guess being really intentional about my development, my primary uh, way is, um, you know, listening to to podcasts, you know, listening to different uh, videos that people posted out on Facebook or YouTube. You know, we have so many great leaders across, uh, you know, across our Air Force and across the different services that put out so much goodness over social media. And I, I really value that. And I listen to that stuff every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not listening to something out there, whether it be a podcast like Jocko Willenick. He's got the Jocko podcast. He does a lot of really fantastic book reviews that mm-hmm. I really like. Um, 
You know, he does one of the uh, Armed Forces uh, Officer Manual that's just fantastic, mm-hmm. and it's got so many, so many um, valuable leadership lessons that apply to us today. You know, in in that I've listened to that multiple times. But I'd say really, uh, you know, uh, the podcast, I, I listen to uh, Chief Master of the Air Force, Bob Gaylor, every Wednesday when mm-hmm. he puts up his Wednesday with the Chief now. Reflect back on a lot of notes. You know, I have uh, I have a couple of notebooks full of just um, valuable tips that other uh, Chief Master Sergeants, uh, other uh, commanders that I've worked for have given me or just things that I've wrote down from meetings. And I reflect mm-hmm. on those things often. Help... Uh, give me the advice that uh, that I might need at the time to work through an issue that I'm working through or to help me be able to give somebody else good advice. You know, I think it's uh, I think it's important to always capture uh, capture those powerful perspectives. You know, I think they're great lessons to build off of. And if you see my wall up there, you'll see all of the Chief Master Sergeants of the Air Force mm-hmm. that sit sit behind me while I'm working. And to me, I, you know, I, I think about that often. And I have the book that's got all the, uh, all the stories about, um, you know, all the Chief Master Sergeants of the Air Force. And I'll reflect on that, and I think about interesting things from that. You know, and one of the things that always stands out to me, and uh, I even just wrote about it in my college class, uh, you know, um, we talk about now how sometimes communication is uh, the root of a lot of our problems, how mm-hmm. a breakdown in communication can be a root of those problems. And I find it very interesting that way back in 1967, the first chief master of the Air Force talks about how communication was, uh, was a problem, and they were working to try to fix that problem. And yeah. here we are still, all these years later, still working to try to fix that problem. But I, th- I think we're gaining a lot of ground, though. I think uh, with all the different platforms we have to communicate, I think it's getting a lot better. But we absolutely still have work to do. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, it, it is interesting to, if you do read you know, older, older documents, they talk about communication a lot. And yeah. now they're having a lot of similar problems that we're having now. And, you know, I think it boils down to people a lot of times is, is yeah. how you get people to communicate with each other. So <laughs> that's interesting. That's right. So in, in regards to learning, because uh, you mentioned a couple times you have a, taken a college class. So what are you learning right now? What, what's your degree in? Or what? So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So right right now, the class I'm taking is organizational behavior. And uh, I'm working towards getting a uh, bachelor's degree in leadership uh, in, in management. I'm sorry, with a concentration in leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm somebody I'm uh, I'm probably one of the few command chiefs that do not have a uh, a bachelor's degree yet, and I and I mention that because I'll tell you that um, you can you can make it or be anywhere you want to be if you're willing to put in the work and if you have the right attitude. You know, because I was told many times that I would never make chief without having my degree, and you know what, I made chief without having my bachelor's degree done. I have my CCF done. That's mm-hmm. it, and that's what I have right now as a command chief. I went to apply after I made chief to be the uh, headquarters pack out first sergeant. And I started not to apply for the job because I had so many people telling me I would not be competitive for that job because I didn't have my degree done. And then uh, Chief Owens happened to come in and talk to me about my assignment choices right before I submitted it. And I had eight different bases on there that I was getting ready to submit. Uh, and, and really jobs that I wasn't super interested in, that I, I, I felt like I would have made the best out of them because that's just what I do, but not really what I wanted to do. And he said, Jason, he said, uh, you better put on that list only what you really want. He said, because as soon as you put something on there that you don't want, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And so then I scratched that list and I put the one job that I wanted on there and uh, moved out. And, um, you know, just uh, just tried to have faith, you know. And next thing I know, uh, I was talking to Chief Johnson on the phone. Uh, had You know, had that interview with him. And then uh, just a few hours after I had the interview with, with him, he uh, sent me a note and said, uh, welcome to the team, brother. And then, then even after that, though, I had people telling me, um, 
that I wouldn't be able to be a command chief because I didn't have my degree. You know, people pressure me all the time to go to, to get in school and get, you know, and get that done. But to me, I've always been very invested in my job, very invested in trying to do everything I can to do a good job and everything I can to take care of as many people that I possibly could. And so I always felt like um, the, you know, my time commitment, my time investment, my job was more important to me at the time. And uh, so, you know, so, so I, so I didn't do it. Hey, hey, Jason, you're not going to be to be a command chief, man. You're, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be stopped right here because just because you're not getting that degree done. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm sitting right here as a command chief now with a community college of the Air Force degree. Somebody that is very hard at their job. Somebody who uh, always, uh, you know, was a loyal, loyal to my teammates mm-hmm. and always loyal to to the people above me and below me, and just committed to them. And I tell you, if you work hard and you take care of the people above you, beside you. You know, below you, you will get anywhere you want to go. And I'm not, I'm not discouraging anybody from getting their education because I think it's important. And like I said, I'm working on mine as well, and I, and I plan to get it done. But the really the primary reason that I'm taking uh, the organiz- organizational behavior classes because I think you know as we as we look at everything that's going on around us, you know, as 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 you listen, like I listened to a good uh, uh, podcast uh, on the book of uh, the Culture Code, and as you listen to all these things and see all these conflicts that are driven by negative culture, when I see this class as something that helps me understand cultures in a work center, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to get out of this class things that's going to benefit me in my actual job, things that I'll be able to translate into. Um, squadrons right here at Fairchild Air Force Base to help influence that culture in a positive way. Because, you know, my goal, and I'm sure you've heard me say it, is uh, I want to have a culture across this base to where every single airman feels safe. Mm-hmm. You know, every single airman feels valued. Every single airman feels cared for. You know, I want that uh, every single supervisor on this base to be treating everybody they come in contact with, with that same, you know, caring uh professional attitude to where the, to where their airmen feel like they're supported mm-hmm. you know i think uh you know to where their airmen feel like they have a voice you know to where their airmen feel like what they're doing is appreciated i feel like that's so important i definitely see it and even you know i don't have as many years in as you but over the 17 years i've been in that culture i think is shifting throughout the air force so remember when i came in it was very much just shut your mouth and go over there and do your job and you have a problem <laughs> yeah like sweet we don't care but I, I do, and I tell my FTEC students this too, I, I like that they encourage people to ask why. Because um, yeah. I'm sure you've seen Simon Sinek's uh, little 10-minute 10, 10 video on YouTube about letting people know why. Why yeah. are we doing this? And take the time to explain it to them and you'll get get better work out of them. You'll get more work out of them and they'll be happier in their workplace. So I think that's a really good goal. And, and I definitely see see it shifting, um, not only just on base, but throughout the Air Force. So I I think it'll be interesting in another five years to see how how much different everything is. Yeah, um, for the better, I think honestly. So yeah, when you when you talk about that, understanding why it reminds me of a story. You know, it reminds me of back whenever um, I was in Iraq in two thousand four. <clears throat> you know, and I, I remember getting out there and we run convoys. Uh, you know, for probably probably about the first two months, we were running convoys with um, you know just uh, soft soft sided Humvees with uh, you know no no armor on the vehicles. Uh, so a lot of times we just take the uh, the side doors off and then throw them in the back of the Humvee so we can hang out the side. And we felt like we could return fire a little bit easier that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, after a couple of months, we ended up getting, uh, you know, armor kits uh, brought in and installed on the Humvees. And, uh, you know, they updated the SOP to where, um, you know, everybody's supposed to have the, uh, they called it buttoned up, so where all the windows was, would be closed. And only the gunner on the top of the vehicle would be exposed. Um, 
you know, to the enemy and able able to return fire, uh, you know, on the enemy. You know, I'd say they really didn't uh, probably do a great job of uh, of making sure everybody understood the the why in that situation. Mm-hmm. Even even though you'd think it's uh, common sense, you know, we still uh, you know we found ourselves going out on a on our very first mission where we had uh, had armor kits, and we were escorting a uh, a DV um, from uh, Camp Diamondback in Missoula, Iraq, out to uh, to Camp Freedom. They de- they decided to uh, crack their window simply just to you know to smoke a cigarette. You know, by doing that, ended up uh, getting hit by uh, IED on the side of the road. Um, that two-inch gap that the window was opened in had uh, shrapnel, you know, go through it and uh, hit them in the face and, uh, you know, severed their uh, temporal artery. You know, I think uh, it's a very extreme example of, uh, of why it's important to make sure your people understand the why. But, uh, but I always think back on that as a, as a very valuable lesson. Uh, you, you may not understand why you're doing something, why you're following a a certain TO while you're doing a certain step, you may not think it's needed, but more than likely somebody's put that step there for a reason. More more than likely that step's there for your own personal safety, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that, that's something I just like to share with airmen. Make sure, make sure that your teammates understand the why. And before you deviate and uh, decide not to take take a step, uh, you know, in one of your TOs, uh, you know, understand that that step could could end up costing you in a, in a serious way. I've heard you give that example to the FTAC students, and it always sparks conversation after after we hang up the phone in those teleconferences. They're listening, and it's nice. That a lot of them will go, I, didn't, I never thought of that before. And then um, on the last class last week, a couple of them were mechanics talking. I think they were talking to you about it, but they, they also appreciated that lesson because they were questioning earlier. I think one of them said, why do we do this that way? Yeah. And after you told them that, they thought, wow, yeah, I mean, my job could kill somebody if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or following the steps, so... I think that's a really, uh, especially for what we do here on this base with the with the flight line and everything like that. I think that's yeah. a really good point in understanding the why. And even just for me, <clears throat> over the years, I've learned that if you let people ask you why, and, and Jocko talks about this, and you can't you can't just be doing this to like win favors. You really have to believe that you, you know you want to know why. You want them to ask the question, even if they don't agree with your why, they still tend to be a little bit happier and go off and, and do the job better because you at least let them ask the question and then explain it to them and they might not agree with it, but they'll still understand, okay, that, that I, I get it, but we'll, we'll go press forward with this. So Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that's also a good point factor in there. So, Just a side question I've got then. What, at this point, it's made you decide you want to get your bachelor's degree. What was that? You, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I think, uh, I think people around you influence uh, a lot of what you do. And uh, so, uh, you, you know, I have my, my new exec up here, uh, you know, uh, Staff Sergeant uh, Walston. Mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, been in the Air Force all of uh, 10 minutes and, <laughs> you know, one month out from having her bachelor's degree done. And okay. she's, uh, you know, very driven, very focused on getting her schoolwork done and talks about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, with her having conversations with me about getting her schoolwork done, it just kind of planted that seed back in my mind of, you know what? You know, maybe maybe I'll get back in school and try to get my schoolwork done too. Okay. The next question I want to ask is, and I know you and I have discussed in the past a couple of different books, but what if you could tell people three books that they should read that you think would really help them communicate better or just maybe see things in a more positive light? What would what would those top three books be? I'd say number list more than three if you want, but yeah. <laughs> to, to, to me, I'd say num, number one, and maybe this one comes to my mind first, just because me and my wife have been talking about it again here lately is uh, the five languages of love. And I think that, um, you know, for anybody, especially that's uh, in a relationship, you know, whether you're married or not, 
I think the book is uh, absolutely just powerful. You know, as uh, um, my wife sometimes at night, she'll actually read to me, and we kind of went through uh, this book together as a couple. I think it really did us a, a tremendous amount of good. You know, it helped us both uh, understand things about each other. It helped me actually understand things about previous relationships that I've been in that didn't uh, work out because I'm a, I'm a divorced guy, so I'm in my third marriage now. And I think as we went through that book, it really uh, arms you with some very powerful information to help you understand your partner and uh, help your partner understand you. Mm-hmm. You know, so now on those days that I'm uh, working a little bit too late, uh, you know, Brittany's quick to remind me that uh, her love language is quality time and I need to get my butt home and give her some quality time. <laughs> you know, and I think uh, I think that's a great thing, but I'd say absolutely uh, five languages of love is a, is a great one. It just helps you understand people and understand relationships. Okay. And you can translate those, those lessons into everybody you deal with because you learn uh, what people respond to. And I think that's a, that's a valuable thing to know and understand. Um, the next one that comes to mind uh, that I reference uh, very often is uh, one of Jocko Willenick's new books, uh, Leadership Strategies and Tactics. Mm-hmm. I think that that book is broken down in a way that is, uh, it's, honestly, it's probably my, I'd say my top recommended uh, leadership book. Um, I reference that book almost daily. I'd say uh, 90% of the uh, briefings that I give to new leaders come straight out of that book. You know, there's so many valuable points in that book. So I'd say um, anybody that's in any type of leadership role should absolutely pick that book up and, uh, you know, and, and keep it with them, honestly. Because it's not set up as a long book like that you just have to read the whole book at one time. It's broken out in very specific points to where whatever you're, Whatever you're facing at work that day or that week, you can crack it open. You can take a look at it, and you'll be ready to move out and get something done. Yeah, I'd say absolutely that one. Then one of my, my other uh, really uh, regular go-to books is uh, The Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun. The uh, current SEAC, he uh, recommended that book to me at a conference here a couple of years ago. And um, he's somebody that I, you know, I great, greatly respect. Um, so. That that evening after he recommended it to me, I, um, you know, I downloaded an audio book and I listened to it while I worked out that night. <clears throat> then as soon as I come back from that uh, that TDY, I ended up uh, buying the hardback book because it was so powerful. I, you know, I find that uh, that book has got so many things that's exactly what we expect out of all of our airmen. You know, um, Major Swanson over at the Med Group's actually got that book now, and we're using it to try to build what we're going to call the. Uh, foundations of the favored few and it's, and it's going to be those basic things that we expect out of every airman within mm-hmm. our wing those basic things that we expect in ourselves. you know those things about character those things about honesty discipline loyalty trust you know all those foundations and uh to me that's what that book really does a good job of uh, conveying to somebody i haven't heard of that last one i have to check that one out yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah that's actually uh, uh, the CX's uh, number one recommended book. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and it's good. Well, Chief, we actually made it through all these questions, so that usually doesn't happen. Um, so we're at, we're at the last one, and this one is, what are uh, three takeaways that you'd like to leave with the listeners? You know, uh, you know, first off, I'd say discipline, because I think discipline is the, uh, the foundation of everything. You know, discipline and how you treat people. Discipline in how you how you live your life every day. Discipline in how you execute your duties. Discipline in waking up early in the morning and uh, getting your PT done. You know, discipline in eating healthy. You know, discipline in absolutely everything that you do. You know, I think if you do that, uh, you will absolutely accomplish anything that you want to accomplish in life. I'd say uh, the second would be, um, be be optimistic. 
focus or at least try to have a optimistic, positive outlook. I think mindset really shapes everything that you do. I think um, when you have a uh, when you have a positive, um, optimistic you know mindset, you don't see walls in front of you. You see ways to uh, to, to climb walls. You see ways to get over hurdles. You see ways to uh, break through challenges, break through barriers. I think uh, you know being able to focus on the good and stay optimistic is uh, it is an absolute weapon. Lastly, I would just say you know uh, you know work hard, always do your best. You know one lesson that um, uh, having a conversation with uh, Chief Master of the Air Force 15, uh, Chief McKinley, he says um, you know in talking about his career and his path, you know he did a lot of different jobs coming up through. And the one thing he always uh, focused on is he focused on the job that he was in that day, the responsibility that he had, even if it was sweeping the floors or cleaning the bathroom. And he would just absolutely do his very best. And that's been a, it's a very simple lesson. It's a very simple thing, and it's easy to remember. But I tell you what, if you uh, always do your best, no matter what you're doing, people will see that. You know, even the task that you don't want to do, your, mm-hmm. your supervision will see you doing your best you know, and see you doing a great job at that task. And then they're going to give you other opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I would say, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, discipline, optimism, and hard work are the keys to success, I believe, man. Just a side question, then usually I end with that, but this got me curious because in, in the talks we've had prior to this, I you mentioned discipline a lot. So I know it, sometimes discipline breaks down, just no one's perfect. So what, right. what do you do when you kind of feel your discipline start to slip? What are some of your go-tos to get yourself back up there? Yes, yeah, so, so so for me, I have certain things that I that I listen to or read that motivates me. Okay. When I feel myself uh, falling off, and, and I actually I'll talk to my wife about it too. You, you know, um, I think I think we all go through those ups and downs to where uh, you know, uh, like Jocko says, the weakness creeps in. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, I think uh, you know I'll talk to Brittany about what I what I want to get done, where I want to get myself back to. And I think she is a, a really fantastic accountability partner. You know, I don't know if I ever told you. So she, uh, she, you know, she's a prior airman and she got cancer while she was in the Air Force. And, um, you know, when I look at her, she's, uh, you know, she's absolutely the strongest female that I know. You know, she powered through cancer treatment while still being, uh, still being an airman, still being a mentor to airmen, you know, volunteering time. Um, you know, while she was going through chemo, she was uh-huh. taking time to mentor and develop other airmen that was going through, uh, you know, tech, tech training. I look at her and I think about that. And I think, uh, I think when you see people go through stuff like that and you still see what they're capable of doing when they're going through hard times, if you just take a minute and you think about those, those things, I think it helps reset your mind. It helps refocus you. But, you know, she'll, uh, those days that I'm tired, she, she'll, she'll, she'll get me up, you know, and she's uh, somebody who's uh, typically in a pretty cheerful mood. You know, so she'll be pretty playful and kind of get me up. And next thing I know, I'll be uh, re-motivated in a good mood. But also, I find a lot of value in, in listening to the right things. You know, a lot of times if I'm tired and not feeling it, you know, I got a couple of certain uh, songs I listen to. Mm-hmm. I, I find, uh, you know, the, the uh, Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual, for me, that's very motivational. You know, when I get to listen to certain things that he talks about, about uh, focus and about discipline and about... Um, I remember reading something that he had wrote about, uh, you know, it talks about the, you know, there's no, uh, you know, there's no, no easy road. There's no easy path. You know, it's basically those daily disciplines that add up to getting you where you want to be. And I'll just remind myself of that. You know, I, I, I can't quit today. You know, I've got to get up and get it in. Maybe it's not going to be my best workout, 
but I'm going to move. I'm going to get something done. Right. You know, I, I think those just having those triggers that you relate to, and I think everybody relates to different things. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, coming up, one of the things I always thought about a lot is uh, ever since I've had my daughter, you know, I've always wanted to be a good example for her, and that's something that I've really focused on a lot throughout my career. Um, you know, and a lot of what I would do would be focused on trying to set a good example for her, trying to do well for her. Mm-hmm. I always, um, you know, ever since she was really young, we divorced when she was pretty young, me and her mom did. Um, I've always talked to her every single day on the phone. And, um, you know, I'd talk to her like if she was a, a grown-up pretty much, you know what I mean? I'd tell her about my work day. And I always had, took a lot of pride in being able to tell her something positive that I did at work. And mm-hmm. I think that always helped uh, keep me focused. You know, so I think I think for some people it, it may be a, you know, um, a spouse, it may be a child, it may be a parent, and the fact that they, uh, you know, just want to make them proud, you know, that keeps them motivated and keeps them uh, disciplined. Because I, I know for me, um, still still today I think about that, you know, because I still I, I talk to my daughter, you know, every single day, and I still want her to be proud of me, you know, and proud of what I'm doing. You know, she looks at my Fair Child 120 post that I'm always putting up every day, and, and she'll uh, talk about that stuff, and she's... Uh, Got her some booty bands and starting to do her uh, for a child one twenty two. You know, so I think I think things like that can really, uh, you know, can really keep people focused and keep people, uh, you know, uh, really chasing after their goals. I think it's powerful. Well, well, Chief, that 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 takes us to the end of the of the podcast. So um, all I want to say is thank you very much for sitting down and, and having this conversation. And uh, I know you're very busy, so I definitely appreciate that, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate that as well. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And uh, I just want you to know, too, man, that uh, we greatly appreciate what you're doing here for the base, man. You are absolutely making a a huge impact, and it's uh, absolutely noticed, man. We're very thankful for you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, everybody. Until uh, next time. Well, that's it for this episode of the Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. If you have show ideas, people you'd like to hear from, or if you'd like to be on the podcast, contact us at F-A-F-B-C-A-A at gmail.com.